Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and we are back with another great episode of On Course with Heart Ramsey. You know, if you hear me, we're about to do Heart to Heart. It's our opportunity to get into the mind and the heart of Pastor Heart Ramsey as he shares what's on his heart to your heart. Pastor Ramsey, how are you today? Doing well, man. Good to be back. Oh, it's good to have you. Man, these discussions have been absolutely (laughs) (laughs) mind-blowing. I I think people might need some cliff notes to just kind of go back and and recap some of this stuff. It's been incredible. Uh, Very very deep, very deep. So in the last session, we were talking about racism and how it was the baby of the church. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was uh, there's a movie that came out uh, not too long ago. Uh, It's called Birth of a Nation, and it really dealt with a preacher having to address a lot of these issues as he was in slavery. I know you caught that movie. Talk a bit about your experience and your takeaways from that movie. Well, you know what? One of the things that happened with uh, Birth of a Nation is is I wasn't uh, able to see it while it was in theaters. And a good thing, it was good. That was a good thing because my wife and I, you know, we have a theater in the house and we, we kind of rented it and we sat down and got comfortable. And for the first 45 minutes of that movie, I have to be transparent and say, I was ashamed wow. to be a black preacher. Mm, my goodness. And, and now, the, the, this, the, the story is actually is based in history. It's, it's an, a, a true story. And you know how stories are. You, you, uh, I guess some parts of it may have been embellished. We don't know the details right. were, but the actual facts weren't. Right. This is a story of, of, of a, a slave preacher by the name of Nat Turner. Right. Um, and he led the the, um, the longest and most successful rebellion against uh, slave owners during that time. And one of the things that, that struck me the most was was um, something that I saw being repeated every time something major happens in the United States hmm. or in anywhere in the world, where where there's an atrocity done to up to the black community, and then the the black preachers expected to become Nat Turner. And let me tell you what I, what I say about that, what how I felt. Hmm. I, I, let me just give you some some details from some scenes where where um the problem was there were some slaves I mean, you remember in a the movie there was a visit from a slave a slave owner and he noticed that that, that the tur- at the Turner um tram- uh, plantation the slaves were well behaved right and so the, the um Mr Turner basically told him hey you know um I got this preacher man he preaches to them man and and these actually the slaves are Christians okay. And so, and so the, the the guy, man, the, and the other guy, he was a preacher, and he's like, man, you know, we we may need to get him going to the other plantations where the, the slaves are rebelling to get him to calm them down. But what we want him to preach is not so much the gospel, but that God says you have to submit to those that have the rule over you to emphasize the parts of the Bible wow. that that spoke uh, spoke about subjugation and and, and actually uh, um, allowing people to do what they want to do, and you have no say so because you're saved. Wow. Two things stood out. Number one, um, it, it was a, it's a misrepresentation of scripture, right? Because when you hear that as a young person, and these millennials aren't playing the games that I, their ancestors did, not at all. When when you hear that that 
first of all, it gives the impression that the Bible is a book written for manipulation. Goodness. Which, which is not the case at all. The, right. the, the, the matter of fact, the Bible, we believe that the, you can't be a Christian and not believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Right. But, you know, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Mm, this is true. When, when, I was, when I was training uh, for ministry, I had one of my, my father in the Lord, um, uh, the late Harry Washington, said to me, he said, you have to be careful how you handle the Bible because he said, if you, he said, if you read the Bible improperly, the Bible actually says to steal. That's what he mean. And he quoted the scripture. The Bible says, let him that stole steal. steal. And, and so I said, but that's not, that's all. No, that's not the whole thing. It says, right. let him stole steal no, no more. more. Yeah. And he said, but here's the thing. In the absence of context, there will be pretext. Wow. He said, so that the content of the Bible alone is not enough. It, content has to be in context to avoid pretext. And so, so there, there was um, everything that Nat Turner was preaching under, under the, the heavy hand of the watchful uh, slave owners. He was actually telling the slaves to mind. He emphasized the part to be to be um to be subject to your masters, to be obedient to your masters, whether they're good or whether they're bad. And when I saw the uh, that's the ugly side of ministry, yeah, I was I was ashamed. Oh my goodness! I was ashamed. I was ashamed that many times when 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 there were when the angry people of color who had to deal with with um with uh, police shootings and there were obviously the video showed that the police were. Obviously in the wrong. They were, right. We had to preach and tell the people basically to calm down. And, 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 and I said, you know what, God? You have to help us because that's not who you call us to be. That's right. Of course, the Christian response is not to act um, in haste or to act out of anger. But the, but the reason we don't respond in an ungodly manner is not because God says we're supposed to be subjugated like in that manner. That right. is a, a total misrepresentation of the word of God. Right. Yeah. Woo, good gracious. That that is that that's that's serious though because again, we we've seen scenarios where uh scriptures have been taken out of context yes. and it has misled and misrepresented Christ and it's led people down the wrong path. And I think in some cases it's even led some people to leave the church. Yes. Um and so recently and I know we, we've talked about this before recently uh, there was an article that was penned by a major uh, major outlet that suggested millennials should abandon the church. Right. Um, and I know you are very, very passionate about uh, the church. What were your thoughts on that? And do you think that this kind of activity that you saw in Birth of a Nation has ultimately led to people feeling like there's not a place for them in the church? Yeah, it's easy to let's be honest. Mm-hmm. If if the advantage that that I would have is that I've been with the Lord for thirty five years, right? I, I, not only that, but but immediately strong men, integrous men, men who understood not just people but black people mm-hmm. and people in general, but specifically black people, mentored me, told me how we were supposed to be as men and men of God. Uh, had me to study the Bible for myself, and then from there, I went on a twenty-year quest to get to get my PhD in theology. Wow! So, so it, it wasn't one of the situations where I went to college for four years and then did an extra two years of postgrad work, and it became a, no. It took me twenty years because I was in the military for eleven of those years, and I couldn't just 
go to a traditional college. So it took me 20 years to get my degree. Goodness. And over the years, I learned a lot, not just in study, but in practice about what it takes to be a minister and who the Lord is. And I, so, so my foundation, my roots go deep. Yeah. yeah. But I would understand that when the, those kind of winds blow, it will, it would, it would, on earth, anyone with a shallow connection to the Lord, anyone that doesn't know the Bible for themselves, anyone that's just learning, it's disheartening. Right. And so I become very passionate about that misrepresentation. Now, let me address the BET thing because it was BET. And, yes. and I, I have, it was BET.com. And, and what the thing that bothered me about it the most is it, it reminded me of when Jesus turned to the, the crowd that was following him and said something, something very controversial. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, right. you cannot have a part with me. Right. And the Jews who were totally against any type of cannibalism, against anything that would sound like the consuming of blood is a part of the law. They said, man, what kind of craziness are you talking? You go from saying great things to this and right. they left. You remember that? Right. I remember that. And the Bible says, I think it's in John 6, the Bible says that, that Jesus turned to his disciples at one point and said, shall you also go? Mm-hmm. And Peter responded and said, where will we go? That's right. You have the words to eternal life. In other words, the things that you're saying, we may not understand it, but here's what we do know. The things that you're saying to us, man, we live by these things. Right. These, these are the words that kept us alive. I, I, when you look at the African-Americans, man, the slaves made it through. Mm-hmm. We, we have sayings in, in the African-American community, in the, the church, that, that most other people don't understand. My soul looked back and wonder How I got over. How I got over. I mean, if it had not been, we we took scriptures and made them our personal mantras and and, and life testimonies and and themes. And so to suggest that that black people leave the church because of, I think it said that the the title was from from, uh, Eddie Long to Kim Burrell. Mm -hmm. No, you can't take a couple instances of things that went wrong or or, or things that were, were, um, that were, that had a bad tender to them and then use that as the basis for abandonment right right no because the bottom line is this is that the church and i'm telling you what we've done wrong to me in the african-american community mm-hmm. is that we've turned a church into a cultural center mm. we've reduced ministers into social engineers wow when, when people say well the church doesn't do enough for the community newsflash the church was not called to the community what the church is called to do is to become a community in the community my goodness you see what I'm saying? Right. Our job is not to go out there and, and, and to uh, provide the means for you to continue to live your sinful life, but do it in a, no, supported by church. Our right. job is to preach the, 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 um, the love and, and the life of Jesus Christ so people could come into the community of faith. And now in the community of faith, we take care of the, of, of the, of the poor among us, right. um, the weak among us. Our job is to make sure that when we got into the community, if there's something needed, we meet the need. But our job is we're not set up. To, to, uh, to meet all the needs of the community. That's not our job. Wow. The government takes care of certain things in the community, and the church, in a compassionate position, takes care of, of the things that fall through the crack. I hope that made sense. That's that's good, and that's probably going to shake up some people in terms of their theology about what the church should and shouldn't do. I want to I wanna go here for a second, because uh, one of the things that we've seen, I think, in the last few months, for sure, has been, you know, when people get upset about these kinds of issues, whether it's that issue or some of the issues that we've seen with, with some artists or some people in general, and they say something against a particular uh, section of people, uh, all of a sudden there's this whole 
boycott them, <laughs> get rid of them. You know, people yeah. drag them through social media and the church participates right. in this. Right. Um, how do you know when to say when with this kind of activity? Because right. I, I go, go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, let me say this. And, and uh, it's important for us to understand that the church always goes along because we don't know who we are. Wow, that's, we, 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 that's so cool. we're not we're not strong enough in in in, uh, in our own identity. Yeah, to be able to to, to um, pick and say this is right and that's wrong. So we go mm-hmm. along with whatever's possible, whatever's popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, we become we're crowd driven. Right. Um. It's and, and whenever you see anyone arguing about crowds, it's insecurity. My now, now I'm gonna say this about um. It's, it's critical about I want I want um. Grab something from the last thing we just answered, and then I'm gonna come up to this. Sure. When it comes to meeting needs in the community, the, there's a story in the Bible of the rich man and Lazarus, mm-hmm. and um, the issue that God had. Some people misunderstand God's issue with the rich man. Some preach that God had a rich issue with him because he was rich and living sumptuously. That's what the King James says. He was living a high life, a, right. a, a really comfortable lifestyle, and people think God had a problem with that. That's not true. Right. Because if God had a problem with rich people, he would not make people rich. That's true. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, it addeth no sorrow. That's right. Now, the second issue that, that, that people misunderstand from that uh, parable, and it's really not a parable because um, once a name is mentioned, there's no. it's not a parable. Mm-hmm. It's a certain man, and then that God doesn't want to mention, and the name, the person, Lazarus. So the second problem that people have is they think that now it's saying that we are responsible for every, to go out there and find every poor person or every person that's homeless or every person that's with a sign that says we work for food. And, and our responsibility is, no, that's not what the problem was. The problem with God was that it says that the beggar was at his gate. Hmm. If he was at his gate, he lived his life at your gate and you never helped him. Wow. And so the rule, listen, the church grabs a rule from this. Whenever God allows Lazarus to be at your gate, he becomes your responsibility. That's good. So my job is not to go. I'm not responsible for all the homeless people. I'm responsible for the homeless person I keep running into. Right. And the one I happen to pass by and, I always, and we, our eyes meet. The one that I happen to be sitting at the table with when he's eating a sandwich and I could tell from, from his disposition and his dress and whatever, he's homeless. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for him because God brought him to my gate. That's so good. And so because, because we have a limited amount of resources, we can't just go out there and get it. Now, watch this. This is important. There is enough of us where if we follow the principle of Lazarus at my gate, every person in our city will be ministered to. That's true. Okay, so I want to address that to make the clear so people won't be confused. Right. Now, going forward, um, uh, we talked about about the church, and, and now, first of all, to me, and I'm be, I'm be clear. Okay, I've counseled with many people who have who've been on the business end of saying the wrong thing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and, some, and some community that they offended turns on them. Let me right. tell you what I think about that. I think it's bullying. I agree. I think if if you first of all, anyone that that makes um. Anyone that's, that turns it, say, I'm just against, like, I'm a, let's use the gay community. I'm mm-hmm. against the gay community. I have a problem with that because we have to come to terms with how these communities are formed. Right. 
in, back in Israel, when, when you were a child or any, at any point in life and you saw a white spot on your skin, you were immediately taken before the priest. And the priest had a, a, a system whereby he determined whether what you had was just a, a, a little skin rash or whether it was leprosy. Mm. If it was determined it was any form of leprosy, immediately you were removed from your family, from your community, and you were sent away to what's called a leper colony. The danger of that is whether your leprosy was the kind that rotted off your digits or, or just a simple kind of what we will call maybe eczema today. Right. You had to live in a community with everyone that were in different stages of the leprosy disease. Goodness. You were, you, were, you, were, you were banished to a colony of lepers. Wow. Here's the problem, is that that community was treated a certain way because they were lepers. The, the um, um, society rejected them. Right. The religious institution rejected them mm -hmm. so much so that the priests, when the priests were walking to the temple to perform their, their, their duty by course, they carried stones in their little pouch to make sure that if a leper came close to them, they would stone the leper so that the leper would not make them ceremonially unclean Good and goodness. exempt them from doing duty in the temple. Wow. What mm -hmm. the church did with the gay community was we, we, we took one statement in the scripture where it says that uh, when a man lies with a man, as he does with a woman, it's an abomination unto the Lord. And we, we, we highlighted that and say that that particular sin is an abomination. But when you go through scriptures, you'll find that at least 20 sins are called abominations. Lying lips are abomination, the scripture says. Mm -hmm. and, and gossiping is an abomination. And pride is an abomination. And divisive speech is an abomination. We could go down the list. Right. So we made them think that their sin was special and it did two things. Number one, it, it made them feel unloved and unwanted, unlovable and unwanted. Mm -hmm. And it, it, we, we, we banished them to their own community. Now in that community, there's a sense of, 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 of a weird mixture of hopelessness and pride. Wow. We did the church. The church is responsible for that because of the way we interpret the scripture. Mm. Okay. Now when, 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 when the gay community or any community is offended, they will turn on the person that offended them. Right. And then there's no voice within the community that says, that's not the way we're supposed to respond to this. Let's not be to them what they were to us. Right, right, right. Let's not make them feel the way they make us, made us feel. At some point, someone has to say, we can't keep doing this because if they keep going in circles, it will never stop. That's right. And I hope someone that, 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 um, that, 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 that knows someone or that's in the situation can hear the can hear my heart about this. Listen to me. I want to say that at my church, but they're believers with many different types of struggles. Mm -hmm. My my word to them is: I don't struggle doesn't bother me. Just don't settle. Right. Okay. And if you're going to be a Christian and you're struggling with whatever. Put your Christianity first and seek to grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ so that the Lord who saved you can deliver you also from the things that would seek to make your life difficult. Right. That's, that's, I mean, sin is sin, is sin, is sin, is sin. Right. And, and let, let the Lord deal with your sin. So when people come in there, man, you can't, be, you can't treat people funny because they, they, they sin differently from you. Right. Okay? And you can't say that sin is worse because you, you can't relate to it. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Art Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift 
to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. So I, I, I pray that, that, that and, and you know, in these heart-to-hearts uh, that we have, mm-hmm. I don't want us to ever deal with issues that are not relevant, right. that are not happening today. Right. I don't mind speaking to these situations at all. Right, right. So, okay, so, so since we're there... <laughs> 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 I mean, you oh, okay? Okay, so let let's 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 talk because there are two big situations that have happened recently, and you know, with the way things go, there are always more. But certainly impacting the Christian community, community there was a situation that happened with Kimberell at the top of the year. Yep. Um, and then more recently, there's a situation that's happened with Vicky Yohi. Both. Of whom have said things on social media that uh, they probably would like to take back, <laughs> and um, have have really uh, caused offense to two different communities. Right, and yet, kind of both communities have had the same reaction, right. which is you know we stay far away. Right. What what do you say to? Uh, artists and pastors who have opinions that have potential to cause damage, how should they, you know, utilize and, and speak those kinds of things if they should at all? And then for the people who are offended by these things, how should they respond? Are they wrong for saying we don't want to buy any more records from these people or we don't want to support these people anymore? Well, uh, th- th- that's a deep question. Let me, let me start by uh, um, saying, that if you are a public figure, you have got to take a page out of the book of Barack Obama. Yes. You have to be, you have to be diplomatic in your speech. Absolutely. You have to choose your words carefully. And you have to remember that everything that you think should not be spoken. Absolutely. Okay. Now, with that being said, I want to, I want to address each situation. If we have time, I want to address sure. each Real quickly. Now, the first one is Kim Burrell. I know Kim personally. Matter of fact, it was, it was, what's ironic is the day after everything blows up, she comes to my church. <laughs> right. For, for, for the watch night service. And she's a friend of mine. I love her and she loves me. And we, we, we're trying to deal with it. And at the time when she did watch night, it, it was only, it only, it only affected a couple dozen, uh, thousand, maybe about 12 to 24,000 yeah, people. Because it was maybe. fresh. It was like 24 hours. Right. But yeah. then by the time she got back home, it was up in the millions. Right. And it cost her a lot. Now, let me tell you what I know about that. And I think this is what everyone needs to take in, in, into consideration because it's important for all of us. Because at some point in your life, you're going to say something wrong mm-hmm. or get it. You're going to do something stupid and you're going to need mercy. So let me tell you how it works. What I like to do is to, is to look at the intent. The Bible says when we stand before God, Judgment is going to be based on the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Right. What did you think when you were doing it? And what were your intentions? Right. 
What what is, is it deals with plans and motivation? Okay, now, like let's look at Kim Burrell. But there's a backstory to that. I, I'm not at liberty to give you details, and of mm-hmm. course, I can't speak for her, but I can give this much. Uh, every pastor is responsible for the culture of their church. Right. What kind of church do you want your church to be? Now, um, the the, the hypocrisy of, of some people is that if a pastor gets up and does what we call pastoral house cleaning, where you speak to specific issues and specific sin and tell them, listen, we're not going to be doing it here. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then some people will judge you. But if you don't do it, it becomes the it becomes the mark of your church. And then they'll, they'll same people judge you and say, don't go to that church because they're a bunch of blank. That's right. Okay, so a, a pastor by by virtue of God, you read the scripture, um, especially from Ezekiel thirty four and different chapters. It talks about the pastor has a responsibility before God to 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 make sure that the culture of the church is not full of leaven, a little leaven, leaven. In other words, even when a pastor fails, you have to get up and tell your people what I did was wrong, and mm-hmm. it's not what God wants you to do. Right? You see what I'm saying? Right. So so. What's important is, is that what, unfortunately, what people don't know about this is that before um, Pastor Burrell, Kim Burrell, before she got up and was speaking to her church, she had told him, do not videotape this because I'm going to say some hard things, but I have to say it because there's some things happening in this house that we need to address. Wow. She was trying to clean the culture of her church. Sure. Okay. Now, did she go overboard? Of course. Did, did mm-hmm. she say things that I would not have said? Certainly. And, yeah. and I told her that. Yeah. But, but this is the thing. Um, someone felt that she, what she, then the people think that whoever shot the video was being uh, um, divisive. No, the person was so excited about all the good she was saying that they decided to to override her, her um, directive and videotape it anyway. Wow! Because they they made this like the word got to hear this, and mm-hmm. then when she went when she turned to start talking about the gay situation and the way she addressed it, it was one of the things like, oh my God, we just made a mess. Right. But the, what, the, what the gay community needs to understand is that she wasn't speaking to the community. She was speaking to Dick. She was speaking to she was speaking to her her house, her church, a, a couple, maybe a couple hundred. She was speaking to a couple hundred people in that house. Mm-hmm. But watch this now, that that are Christians who received her as their pastor. And as you well know, every church has its language. Right. She, you, I speak a certain way to my people, and they know exactly what I mean because they've been with me. The sheep know my voice. Exactly. Her sheep know her. The people that follow her know her voice, and they know the spirit of what she was saying. That's why they still come, keep coming back to her. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you mo- remove the um the the, the the um the specific way she addressed it, and and some of the things that were that that, that came off a bit insensitive, at the at the heart of it is truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm saying that that yes, she could have said it a better way, and and if she was going to say it like that, then then you have to make sure it's not getting out of your house, and even that you have to be you have to be careful because even your people can misunderstand what you meant by that. So we have Absolutely. to be responsible in the way we communicate the truth of the gospel, and and be sensitive that, to the fact that the person in the struggle that I may be preaching on may be very very sensitive to and, and ashamed, and I don't right. want to add more shame to and guilt to the situation. I want them free. Right. Right. On the other hand, is Vicky Yui. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to talk about Vicky Yui because I know her personally. Mm-hmm. We've spoken before. And and um, and I'll be, I want to confess, I was offended. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely offended. Matter of fact, I tweeted in, in, my, in response to that. I said, um, they, in, in, in quotations, want our sound, but don't, don't like our skin. Uh, I could spend a long time on that. <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. spend a long time, but I'm not going to address yeah. it. And, and I'm not going to say that uh, for the listening audience. I don't want to say that my response was was right, but I, but it was raw. Sure. It was raw. And I want to sure. say this about it. Now, um, I've had a chance to speak to someone since then from Vicky's camp. Mm-hmm. And they told me she was, she was very 
concerned. She had an interview, I guess, scheduled with, with CNN, and she was concerned about, you know, she, she her, her thing is like, she, she's like, I misspoke. That's not what I meant. And, 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 and she felt like, oh, my God, why did I put that stupid picture up there? Mm-hmm. And, and she's she's having regret, not because, she, you know, it's not so, it, it comes across like damage control, which it could be. But I think what her heart was, I didn't mean to do that. And th- let's talk about the difference between damage control and really being sincerely sorry. Right. Okay? The language of it is important. Mm-hmm. The apology shouldn't be if I've offended you. Correct. It's since I've offended you. Right. Right. <laughs> okay? It's, the, the apology should not be uh, 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 an attempt at justification. Right. It should be an attempt at reconciliation. That's Guys, right. you know me. You've worshipped with me. I'm so, I got it wrong. I need your mercy. Because mm-hmm. my, my stupid head got in the way. And what I want to communicate, I'm a singer, not a speaker. I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Transparency, honesty, and then you leave it to the people to decide whether or not they want to forgive you. Right. And let God deal with their heart. But I'm going to say this. You asked me, um, is it right for the community to turn on the person? I'm going to say this. If the community feels like, like, like this person is benefiting from us, but all along they didn't like us, mm-hmm. whether it's right or wrong, th- their response, not as a group, but individually is, I'll never support you again. Because if you don't like me, I'm going to support people that do like me. Right. And that is human nature. That is. I don't think I should speak any more to that. Yeah. Because if you ask me, would you ever buy another uh, Vicky Yoyo record? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I say about that. You know what? I, I didn't. I never bought a record before. Got you. Because my thing is, I know I'm not trying to be mean. If I want to hear black singing, I'm on. Well, okay, let's move. On. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm not. This we're doing this show this not is- me to be um politically correct and i don't even like that term right i'm not doing this to say the right thing i'm saying i'm, I'm human right and i believe in this i believe in forgiveness i believe in grace and i believe both kim burrell and vicky yoey um should be given grace yes. for, for no other reason jesus gave us grace that's right and he showed us mercy and freely if you, you've received freely give that's right that's right so as we close i want to ask this uh well yeah i guess i should uh, <laughs> you know so so here's the question um in in these particular cases and we've seen cases like this before whether it was you know you go back to hulk hogan and the things that he said or so many others who have been guilty of saying something that crosses a line and offends a community uh how long should there be a period of sit and be silent and come back and be contrite. How, how long should that be? Or is there a length of time? And how, how does that work? And and should people receive these folks back into their community? Or is it a situation of, hey, you're forgiven. I know who you are. I know where you are. And we have where we stand. I think that's a good question. I think that whenever we come into disgrace. You know, we talk about right. grace and dis- disgrace. Right. That we should take a moment, not for the people, but for ourselves. That's good. That's good. Just, for, just to, 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 for example, because I believe this wholeheartedly, that the people that make these public statements didn't make them the first time. Right. When, no, when they were caught. They were right. made them. This is, the, this is their, their core belief. I agree. And if for no other reason they need to step back and re-examine their core belief, because of the, the reality is, if I don't want the consequences, I need to re-examine the, the behavior. Absolutely. 
Okay, if I don't want to get caught, then I should maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Right. So for another reason that I need to step back and, and kind of step back and get myself together. Um, there, there's a, there's a, a, a man. I'm not gonna call his name. He's a well-known gospel artist and, and came into a situation some some years ago, a couple years ago, where he was really really um the spotlight man. It, it was a bad situation, mm-hmm. and and he told me later on. He said his attorney told him, "Don't say anything." Because mm-hmm. any, whether you put good water, wood in the fire or whether you put bad wood in the fire, it will keep the fire burning. Right. So I think there should be a period of shut up. Just shut your mouth. Yeah. And, and let 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 the air go out of the situation. Let the fire die down. Right. But while that's happening, there needs to be some introspection. There needs to be some time with you and God. There needs to be some counseling right. with people that's professional and people that's close to you. And then when you do emerge from that. There should be, there should be, when you reference a situation, it should be done with great humility. Yes. And, and, and a, a sense of transparency, not an attempt to, to justify it or put it in context, but, but just keep saying, you know, that was a boneheaded thing I did. And let me tell you what I learned from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that way people, people can respect you for being human and they will accept you. I'm going to tell you something about people in general. People in general will forgive a person who said, you know what? It was always a dumb thing I did. Right. It was the most human moment that I had. Right. And by the grace of God, I'll never do that again. And people tend to forgive a person like that. Only the only the most unforgiving people will not forgive a person who said, you know what, guys? I hurt you right. because I'm a bonehead and because I was being selfish. And I did not consider how what I was saying or doing would make you feel. Right. Right. Wow, that's so good. And I think those are life lessons, guys, that we can take with us, not just if you're a public figure, but certainly in your everyday lives as you're in relationships and things of that nature. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these sessions. We are loving Heart to Heart with Pastor Hart Ramsey. This is so much fun. My name is Gerard Bonner, and you are listening to On Course with Hart Ramsey.